Let's go, let's go, let's go. A healthy, happy, and fulfilled family. It is me, Ryder, the modern day monk, coming to you live on the wonderful world of Zoom, as well as Facebook Live in our healthy, happy, and fulfilled community. As you drop in today, drop into the chat where you are coming in from today and let me know how you feel you are with your ability to manifest, to make your dreams come into reality. Where are you with your ability to manifest, to create things, to be able to have both the things you want And maybe by speaking about the things you don't want more than you'd like in your life, your ability to manifest. Are you on the positive or the negative? You're manifesting more negative things in your life, or are you manifesting more positive things in your life? Today, we're going to talk about some of the reasons why many people around us may not be manifesting as clearly or as frequently and often as powerfully as they should be, and what are some of the things that we can do and they can do to help get a little bit more clarity, certainty, and responsiveness from our manifestations. So, we are currently on principle number six of the hierarchy of human optimization, seven principles to optimize your life and bring you to a state of health, happiness, and fulfillment. We know that all good things come from good strategies, following a strategic method, being consistent and persistent with them. It's the CPSM formula. Consistency plus persistence plus a strategic method leads us to a place of satisfaction, fulfillment, and accomplishment. If we give up too soon or we don't do enough of the right things, we won't be successful in things that we are trying to accomplish. Just as well if we use a lackluster method, if we use a technique that's been proven to fail or one of learns non-failure, we will continue to persist in suffering by having a strategic method, by emulating those who have come before us, we have a much better chance of finding success and fulfillment ourselves. So we know the first principle of the hierarchy is balance, balancing our neurological system to get us in a state that allows us to rest, digest, and heal, and maximize our potential from the ground floor up. Second is finding alignment, knowing who we are with our identity, our purpose, our values, and our beliefs. Third, we talk about giving that body and that machine a vital source of energy and vibrant, abundant energy by the nutrition, the hydration, the supplementation we put in, our intake of things. And then, of course, our output is fourth. How we become stronger and more flexible, more supple, the ways that we move and how we show ourselves off in the world around us. Fifth, we start going into what we talked about last week, and last week's topics were all about getting clear on our intentions. Some of the things that we went through and mentioned, limitless thinking, having limitless beliefs, what are the things that we would do if we had no limits holding us back, 
right? The same level of thinking that created problems cannot be the same level of thinking that solves the problems. <clears throat> so getting clear on our intentions and knowing that we need to level up with our thought processes, having limitless thinking in the ways that we, you know, what was the one thing that we would do that we enjoy doing, that if we got paid and would lead to us having the life of our dreams, what would we do, right? Getting our minds opened up to the fact that there is abundance around us. I know a lot of times we get beaten down by life and we start to think about those things that are holding us back, our fears, that thought of loss, less and never, the root of all of our fears. And we want to get that brain through our intentions triggered in and cued into the fact that there is abundance around us and that abundance shines through us, radiates from us and accumulates around us. And now once we have some clarity as the intention of what we are capable of doing and what it is that we want to do that brings us satisfaction and fulfillment in our lives, now baby, now it is time to start manifesting it, to start bringing it into reality. And one of the things that I find a lot of people have challenges with is what we would simply call prioritizing. In my world, we call that making choices. And the way we're making choices and not calculating what our opportunity costs are. So if you are not familiar with the concept and the idea of what an opportunity cost is, it's very simple. In any time, you have the option of doing one thing or something else. Each of those things will cost you different uh, assets, either time, money, information, experience, (coughs) things of that nature. What we need to do is look and say, okay, what is the cost of this opportunity? What would the cost of this opportunity? What's the cost of me not doing this one? And what's the cost of me not doing that? Basically weigh out some pros and cons. So one of the ways you could think about this very, very simply is, let's say I was at work or I have time to make money with something and I could choose an activity that would make me $5 over the course of an hour. Or I have the opportunity to do something that's going to make me $20 over that same hour. There's no extra investment to it. They both cost exactly the same for me to produce and start up. But one will give me $5 over an hour and the other one will give me $20 in the hour. Which one would be a better opportunity for me? Obviously, I think we would all say that $20. But many times we pick things in our lives or we feel that we need to do these things in our lives that are actually the $5 or the $0 items. One of the things that I found in my life, and this was something that, that came like really, really clear to me, clearly to me one day, I realized that I was working as in a healthcare, my healthcare practice, seeing patients pretty much six days a week. Sundays I had off. Uh, Mondays I also had off too. It was like a paperwork and personal busy day. I didn't see patients on those days, but it was like busy running around taking care of my errands. But I really only had Sundays to spend with my, at that point, girlfriend, fiance, and now wife. And in that time frame, I would come home from Saturday. I'd get done in the office somewhere around like 5 o'clock, 6 o'clock. And I'd come home. I'd be tired. I'd be, you know, stressed out. And there'd be things to do around the house. 
So I had to take care of those things, doing my laundry and stuff like that. Sunday, we'd always have some kind of like housekeeping to do or shopping to do or an event to do that really wasn't social, you know, like personal present time for each of us. And then Monday would be like my day to run my errands, but my wife would be back to work. And I was realizing that I was having no significant good time with my wife. And I realized that my relationship with my wife is one of my major priorities in my life and that it was sacrificing because of my work. And I realized it wasn't sacrificing because of my work. My work is giving me the abundance of money to be able to do these things and live a nice life with my wife. So what was really getting in the way? And I was like, well, you know what? I come home Saturday, I clean the house Saturday. Usually part of my time Sunday is cleaning the house or doing lawn work or something like that. And I said, wait a minute, I hate cleaning the house. And my wife doesn't really enjoy it. And there are professionals that can do it way better than us. What would be the cost of doing this? And it worked out to be something like $240 a month or something like that. And I said, okay, $240 a month to have somebody clean my house. I was like, that's a significant amount of money to drop another 240 bucks. Not like I'm making tens of millions every month. I was like, that's a pretty expensive dime. We're talking about, you know, 2000 something dollars by the end of the year. It's like, ah, all right, well, how can I make this work? So I started thinking creatively. And I said, well, if I spend one extra hour at my office on a Saturday seeing patients, and I switch one of my paperwork hours to a extra hour of seeing clients, at that time I was seeing two to three clients per hour. I was like, in that one day, in that one hour, I can make enough income personally to be able to pay for the entire month of my house being cleaned, which really meant that I bought myself with one hour, all of my Saturdays and all of my Sundays, four weeks per month. So I bought myself like literally like six days of time that I would normally spend cleaning the house and doing things around the house that somebody else could do for me that I could pay for in one hour. And this was a great opportunity for me. I was like, wow. How many times can I do this? So I started thinking one day I was folding my laundry and I realized I hated folding my laundry. I hate it. The German side of me, my OCD does not like having wrinkles in it. I do not like the redundancy of doing it. The laundry's always warm. I'm always warm. It makes me very hot. And it's not something that I find great joy in doing. And the static drives me crazy on top of that. So my laundry, because I don't like doing it, like most things, gets procrastinated on, and I'd have a massive pile, <coughs> excuse me, and with that massive pile, it would sometimes be weeks and weeks and weeks until I had no clean clothes, and then I had to do it all. And it would be a four, five, sometimes six hour process for me to do my laundry. Yes, I know, I got a lot of clothes between gym clothes, patient clothes, office clothes, lounging clothes, weekend clothes, a lot of outfits. I usually change my clothes three to four times a day sometimes. So I go through a lot of different clothes. And I said, wait a minute, I have a laundry service that does the linens for my tables and my bed sheets at my office. Why don't I just bring my dirty laundry to the office and let them take care of it? And I priced it out and I knew the price, I think it was like 65 or 85 cents a pound. So it meant that if I brought all my clothes down once per week, it ended up being somewhere around $20. And I went, huh, okay. So I could spend four to five hours doing this all myself, or I could spend 20 bucks 
and have somebody else do it and have all that time to either go make more money or have more enjoyment in my life. And that's the way I value things now. And I figured out this idea of opportunity cost. What does this opportunity cost me? And this is an important concept because so often we look around at things around us and we do things that we feel we need to do. Our laundry, our lawn care, our, you know, prepping our meals, our own food shopping. The list goes on and on. Thankfully, we live in America. That's a world of convenience out there. And there are so many services that, yes, they cost some money. But the question is, what can you replace that time with? If you own your own business and everybody has the opportunity to own their own business now, we have Etsy out there, we have Foursquare, there are limitless possibilities for us to have our full-time jobs or our retirements and a part-time hustle on the side to make some money. And if that means that you spend three hours going to yard sales and flea markets and checking eBay prices and doing the old eBay garage sale flop and finding things that are being sold undervalued at those stores and garage sales, throwing them up on eBay and selling them for a massive markup for the two to four hours it costs you to do that to make a couple thousand dollars, it may just be worth it, right? So what are the things in your life that you can give up? What are the things that are wasting <clears throat> Excuse me, I got a really bad, really bad tickle in my throat today. This cold New York snowy dry air, man, it drives me crazy. I can't wait to get back down the Caribbean again. My tan's going away also, right? But what are the things that are wasting your time and your energy, right? We don't want to replace those times with sitting around doing nothing. It's not like we're going to say, okay, cool, I'm going to farm out my laundry and my housekeeping so I can sit around and watch, you know, episodes of the Big Bang Theory. I love the Big Bang Theory, but that's not a productive use of our time. We want to replace those things with times or or, uh, opportunities, actions in those times that are actually going to manifest us more money, more time, or more enjoyment being the last one. Because we can't just enjoy our lives away unless we have enough passive income to be able to cover those things. So what could you do in that time that you enjoy more that would actually net you a greater profit? Another thing to think about too is what is something that somebody else can do 85% as well as you? I know a lot of us in achiever land are like, I need to do it. It needs to be done my way. It needs to be done perfect. But the problem is being achievers, we always set the goalpost further and further away. And when we get just 10 yards away from it, what do we do? We make it another 20 yards further away. So like, wait, I could do it this way and it would be even better. And we make it more challenging. And the reality of the situation is if somebody can do something 85% as well as you, let them do it because it'll take you much less time to fix that 15% if you even want to. But really that 85% will probably make 95% of your clients and customers happy. So if somebody else can do something that nets you 85% of the result that you would get, let them do it. You can find much better things to spend your time, money, and enjoyment on. If you don't enjoy it and it gives you more time or more magic money moments <clears throat> in your life, why wouldn't you let somebody else do it? Right? Me, I did not like folding my socks. It gives me no enjoyment. I've worked with some other clients one-on-one that absolutely loved folding their socks. They're like, my best time of my week is doing laundry. I love folding my little daughter's socks up into little balls and her, you know, little tank tops and my son's little pants. 
that was their mommy moment. She loved it. She wouldn't give it up for the world. I said, awesome. You don't have to. How do you feel about vacuuming? She's like, oh, I hate that shit. I was like, good. Hire somebody to do your vacuuming. You can have somebody come into your house. And it might cost you 20 bucks a week for them to vacuum everything. How long would that save, take? How much time would that save you? Oh, like two hours. Wouldn't you enjoy two hours more time with your kids? Or going to a spa, reading a book, maybe even just having that two hours to take your time and fold that laundry again. Who knows, right? But there's plenty of other things that we can find that we enjoy and we like to do more. So I hope that's clear for you guys, right? Like opportunity cost is a really, really important thing. The opposite of this is our procrastination. A lot of times we will end up like me with my laundry, putting it off, putting it off, putting off until it's such an overwhelming ordeal that needs to be done that you almost don't know where to start. And you only have to start. You only choose to start because there's no other option, right? I found this out as I was running a practice for a former employer that there were, I started making a time audit for myself and I started looking at what I was doing throughout the day and how productive I was being. And I realized that at the end of two weeks, the same two things ended up being at the end of my list every day that I didn't get done. And I looked at it, I was like, yeah, I really don't like doing them. These things really are not fun to do. And I really have a personal insecurity with doing them. So I'm just going to put them off. And if there's extra time at the end of the day, which there never is, because I'd always find it, find a way to fill that time with more fun, even though it was just a conversation with a patient or another employee to not get those other important things done. I said, okay, I'm going to try something. I'm going to do an experiment on myself. I am for the next week going to make the first thing I do in my day. Those one or two things that I always left on the list undone. Guess what happened? Well, normally at the end of the day, if I had, let's say, 10 things, we'll just make up a number to make it easy, and I had two things left over, at the end of the day, when all my time was up, I had 20% of my things left undone. I successfully completed 80% of my things in the full amount of time that I had. Not bad, but not great either. Those two things left over were actually well, causing a big monkey wrench in things and a loss of productivity and a loss of income. What do you think happened when I did those two things first? Well, I'll be damned. You know what happened? <clears throat> I get all choked up even just thinking about it. I got 100% of my things done halfway through the day. Because once that big monkey was off my back, guess what happens? I had so much motivation, so much enthusiasm, and so much momentum coming off those first two wins that I just steamrolled through everything else. And by the end of the day, I went, Wow. It's halfway through my day. My list is done. I could be so much more productive and do more stuff. So that is another great idea for you guys to implement. As we're talking about manifesting these things, what is one of those things that you've been putting off? Is it making some phone calls? Having a conversation? A project around the house? Maybe some personal soul searching? Maybe firing an employee? Or maybe even better, firing a client, one of those problem clients that's more trouble than they're worth. Right? So if there's something that you're putting off doing, try doing it first. Make it the first thing you set your goal to do. 
and see what happens. I guarantee you're going to at least double your productivity if you actually go into it with the intention of getting it done. If you're like, oh, I'm going to make this all day long, then of course, yeah, no, you're not going to get it done, right? But if you go into it like, that's it, I'm facing this rhino head on. I'm going to take the bull by the horns and we are going to control my destiny and I'm going to manifest my own reality and make my results my own and earn them. You will get that done and it will be off your list. You will feel so good. You will steamroll through everything else. And before I leave tonight, I want to leave you with one other thing. Because as we talk about manifestation and when we talk about, about productivity and we talk about focusing on one task, one outcome, whether it's the last task on our list being our first list or looking at tasks that we don't enjoy doing or somebody else can do better or reasonably as well as us. One conversation almost always comes up when we talk about focusing, prioritization, and manifesting things around you. And that is the idea of multitasking. Yes, multitasking. This one ruffles people's feathers. Now let's talk about the actual brain science of this. If you follow any neurophysiologist, they will tell you all the research out there tells you that your brain only has two patterns of focus. It has a direct linear focus and a diffuse focus, meaning that we can literally only pay attention to two things at the same time, right? One of these things you can consider being like an autopilot, right? You can listen to somebody having a conversation with you while you brush your hair or brush your teeth. You can drive a car and sing a song, but you can't drive a car, sing a song and read a book. All right, it's very hard to be able to listen to conversations at the same time. It's very hard to listen to a conversation and type a different conversation, type a different set of thoughts. These things are damn near impossible. There are some people who, yes, they can train themselves to split their diffuse and, and uh, focal focus or the linear focus so that they can do these. These people are like translators. They hear in one language, think, and can output another one. And they've trained their brain. They have some genetic potentials too that allow them to do these things. But the vast majority, yes, you are special. You are unique. Everyone is special in their own unique individual way. But you're not that freaking special. Not everybody has superpowers like this, right? What most people are really, really skilled at is doing task alter alternation. Being able to move from one task to another task in a nearly noti instant notice, right? So, oh, I'm here, 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 oh, I'm here. But guess what? Every study done on the outcomes and the output and the relative uh, return on that investment, how, pro how productive people are, has shown across the board that the people that have a split focus and alternating focus have drastically decreased outcomes, accuracies, and efficiencies than people that will be specifically focused or at least use a diffuse and linear focus at the same time. So you can listen to some music and do some work, but you can't read a book, do some work, and listen at the same time. So all of you out there that are like, I am the best at multitasking, I hate to tell you, bullshit, no you're not, you're a liar, and 
you're really good at alternating your tasks. So I'll give you that one. That can be your superpower, but you cannot multitask unless you have a mutated brain, in which case I want to talk to you and I want to send you to Dr. Andrew Huberman's lab so he can dissect your brain and study you and figure out how your specific brain is different than the other 7.8 billion people on the planet because you must be unique and some kind of X-Man or something like that. So, yeah, that's my fact for today. I like to end these things on one kind of, like, negative thing that gets people ruffled just so you get a little emotional and, like, but I thought I was special. Yes, you are special, just not what you think you are. Maybe special about lying about your multitasking, but in reality, nope, you can't multitask. You can switch between two tasks, but that doesn't make you get your outcome any better or any faster. And in fact, it's going to slow you down. So make sure that when you're focusing, you're focusing on that one thing. You're focusing on the one thing that's going to give you more leverage. What is the 20% of your activities that can give you 80% of your rewards? What is that opportunity cost? What things do you not like doing or can somebody else do reasonably well that you can trade off for more time, more money, or more enjoyment in your life? That, my friends, is the key. So many people spend time trying to manifest by going, oh, what else can I give up in my life? What else can I give up? I don't have enough time. I don't have enough money. I don't have enough resources. I need to give something else up. And all the rich and successful people on the planet, and even the happy people, maybe if you're measuring yourself on overall wealth and abundance of just resources and joy in your life, and not just financial success, but all the most successful and truly wealthy people in their lives, figure out how to add things into their lives so that they can have more. It's called leverage. They figure out how to leverage their time, leverage their money, leverage their resources by adding additional things into the equation that give them the ability to move and do more, to get more work done with less force or less time. In this case, we're talking about opportunity cost and how to use that to manifest your own greatest power. So, we got five more minutes today. I'm going to open up the floor. I know Dr. Rosen O'Leary is uh, <clears throat> in the room with us tonight. I'm going to check our Facebook room and see if there's anybody over there. I don't see anybody popping up on the live chat right now. Uh, uh, Dr. Rosen O'Leary, do you have anything you'd like to add to our conversation today since you're sitting in the, uh, the shadows of the Zoom room, hiding in the background? Oh, she's off mute. She's going to chime in. Everyone, Dr. Rosen O'Leary, let's hear it. Woo! God. <laughs> one of the th as you were talking, one of the things that I think is really important is to be in the zone. Mm. So if you're in the zone, you're focused on your task. 100%, yes. So for instance, when I'm doing artwork and I know nothing that's going on around me, I'm in the zone and I'm most productive at that point. Yeah. So I think that that's an important thing, not to have all the distractions, but to really be in the moment with whatever it is you're trying to accomplish. Yeah, we call it zone. Sometimes it's called flow state. I know some people call it peak performance state. Uh, a lot of times I switch between peak performance state. I also use beautiful state because not everything in life needs to be, oh, I'm going to rip this open and peak perform. Sometimes just being in a happy, joyful, blissful moment where your heart is open and you're taking in as much love as you're giving back out. And other times I've heard it as zone action, right? Where you're in that state where it's like, hey, it's time to get the work done. But yeah, being in that zone is so crucial. And setting your workspace up and yourself for success is such a, a, a vital aspect. So thank you so much for bringing that up because that's, that's such a crucial thing. I know a lot of times people will spend 80% of their time organizing their desk in their workspace 
so they can finally start to work, right? And making sure that you have these clear areas, like we talked about a couple of weeks ago, ritualize the mundane. When you're going to sit down and work, you're going to sit down and do your art, right? You don't want to sit there and be like, all right, well, let me vacuum and set up my easel and get all my paints and stuff out. You want to be in that zone, get your internal alignment ready to go and be able to work in that outside world and be able to get those things to start to manifest around you. Not be like, oh, well, let me go to the store and get paint because I want to do this project. By the time you come back, you're going to lose that moment. And that moment's going to be gone. They're fleeting, right? So being able to get yourself in that zone, whether it's by setting ambiance around you, clearing your mind and giving yourself a, a clean slate, breaking yourself away from the stresses or the the calls to action in the world around you, but giving yourself that opportunity to say, hey, this is my time. This is what I'm going to do right now. I'm going to remove any other obstacle or distraction away from me and let that moment flow through. Super, super crucial. So thank you for adding that. It's a beautiful point. There's a lot of research on flow. Tons. Tons. So much you'd never be able to read it all in one lifetime. Tons of it. Between how it changes our brainwave patterns, how it changes our neurological states, our hormonal states, productivity in them. I've even seen a couple that were really, really interesting about how our relative perception of time changes based on the state of flow that we're in. Whether we're in a panic state or a relaxed state, the brain actually calculates and receives information at different speeds, and that alters our perception of how time is. And we can really lose track of time, you know? Time flies when you're having fun, they say, so... Excellent. Great addition. Thank you, Dr. Rosen O'Leary, for your continued support and input here. Uh, I'm going to wrap it up today. I just want to give everybody one last uh, little announcement of things that will be changing as we move into the future. Uh, I've been listening to some feedback from some people. Uh, there are some of you out there that want to go in and dive in a little bit deeper, do a little bit more work but don't necessarily have the means at this point to do one-on-one -on -one work. So we're going to be starting two different options. There's going to be an option to join me once a month for a tea time with a modern-day monk. I will send you some tea. We will have a set date. It'll be the new moon each month, and we'll send you a little gift basket of some teas to sample and things like that. We're going to do a traditional Taoist tea ceremony followed by a internal guided meditation, some breath and energy work, some qigong practices to get our metabolisms and our bodies, our body, mind, and spirit in beautiful alignment. And then we'll talk about some, some health, some of the hierarchy of human optimization, the principles in that system. And then we will follow up with an open, like, fireside chat for Q&A. The community gets to know each other, integrate, and share some information. So we'll be doing one of those. The first one is going to be open to everybody free. After that, there'll be a small monthly fee that will go along with that. If you guys like to join me for that, I'd love to have you involved with that. It's going to be a phenomenal thing. Like, nothing you've ever done. These are usually things that are kept inside the doors, inside the temples of China, that aren't even part of the public things that go out in the outside corridors. So I'm going to bring some of these secrets and traditions to you to have some new experiences in your life. And then also, we're going to also open up a new group coaching platform. So I'm going to take some of the information that we've been sharing in the Healthy, Happy, and Fulfilled group and be moving it over and going into deeper detail 
and more information, more practices, more together work. And we're going to do a group coaching platform as well, too. That'll be on our monthly uh, fee as well. It's going to be uh, cheaper the sooner people get in. I want to give the people that start off a significant, significant discount at the on the first price. And then after 20 people, it's going to go up. And then after 50 people, it's going to go up. And then it'll stay at the full price for those people that sign on after the first 50. So I want to give my founding members a special that they'll lock them in at that price in perpetuity forever. I've been trying to practice saying that word. I'm getting a little bit better at it. But we'll be locking you in. Uh, at that price have you grandfathered in so if there's things that you want to go into and you want to go into deeper we will be moving in that direction uh, also in a couple of weeks we're going to be moving from doing facebook lives in this group in the zoom chat to doing uh, Instagram Live, sharing them over the Facebook, and keeping the Zoom room for the group coaching platform. So uh, keep in mind for those changes that'll be coming up in about three or so weeks as we start the next cycle of the hierarchy of human optimization. So thank you, my friends. Tune in, stay tuned for more. There's more good things coming on. Make sure you subscribe to my YouTube channel. I'd love to have more subscriptions and likes and conversations in there. There's tons of videos. And also please make sure you're giving me some feedback on the videos you like, the questions you have, or some of the challenges you may be having. The more information I get back from you, the better I can help provide more information for you. So go through some of those videos in this Facebook group and give me some comments and feedback on them. Like and share them. I would love some feedback. I'd love some shares. It would help support me and be able to get me in the Facebook and social media algorithms to be able to get my message out to help more people. Thank you all. I love you. Be well and live life fully.